one. Welcome, everyone. Y bienvenidos todos. To a Revenge of the Pod, we have a guest on today. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. <clears throat> What's up, everybody? This is Eric. Longtime friend, first time listener. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, also, uh, executive, also executive producer of uh, Podcast Room 303, so uh, glad to be here. Thank you guys for having me. I just yeah, wanted to be guys. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah, guys, if you uh, are really into sports and sports betting, uh, Room 303 is the uh, podcast to listen to. Uh, two, uh, two, two of his other colleagues, uh, you know, started that podcast, and I believe they're over their 100th episode now. Uh, so yeah, if you guys really enjoy sports, go. I suggest take a listen, support them. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did just record episode one hundred and one. Um, if you guys like your like, uh, you know, having money in the bank, do the opposite of what we tell you to do, and, and you'll have a lot of success. <laughs> As they say, fade them. Um, <clears throat> so I do want to put in a, a quick disclaimer, Eric. We are going to treat you with respect as you are a guest on our pod. Unlike other pods, not going to name them, even though they've just been named, uh, that treat you like a subhuman. You know, we got you. You are an equal here. All right. I just want that to be known. Just want that to be known. Yeah, we, we hope to have you back. <laughs> oh, I'll be back. I'll be back. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they hear this podcast and, uh, you know, the work, the working environment will change for me. I don't know. <laughs> Or it'll get much, much worse. Hey, if probably, you guys need an HR, let me know. <laughs> All right, boys. We're going to get into the state of things. So I'm going to start us off with a tragedy that has occurred. Um, you know, something to the same level of, I don't know, you know, the Hindenburg disaster. Uh, I, I won't go as far as to say like 9-11. Not that bad, you know. Considering as bad as Pearl Harbor. But Randy Gregory of the Dallas Cowboys... <laughs> went to the Denver Broncos for the same price. Whoop, whoop. It was a terrible day, a day that will live in infamy, and all Cowboy fans are pretty much going to hate Randy Gregory. Uh, I will say I've come to accept and understand why he did it. Like, yeah, they're not going to, they're not going to hold him to his, uh, <laughs> to his salary being taken if he gets a fine in Denver as opposed to Dallas. So, I get it, but Jesus Christ. We needed him on defense, and uh, I don't know what we're going to do. So, yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I'm pretty happy because uh, the AFC West is getting pretty stacked up. Uh, with the signing of Devontae Adams, we're going to need that defense on our side for sure. I hope he gives you guys all the false starts. Or, sorry, <laughs> defensive encroachments. I, I mean, you compared it to the Hindenburg and almost 9-11, but for me and Jason, I mean, this is like, you know – Winning the prom king, like fuck the Cowboys. <laughs> As an Eagle fan, I'm glad Randy Gregory's gone. I'm he PC all out, bro. I'm I'm happy. I'm excited. Fuck you, <laughs> respectfully, respectfully. No, respectfully. with with the most disrespect. <laughs> the most disrespect. He's just salty because the Eagles sucked worse than the Cowboys last year. I get it. I get it. You know, it's hard to be an Eagles fan. Oh uh, yeah, it's hard. trust me. Trust me, I mean, at the end of the day, the how many playoff wins you guys have last year? Each of you. Uh, zero, sadly. Yeah. Zero. We, all we can say is we made the playoffs, Jason. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> uh, next up on mine, uh, my birthday was recently, and Jason's, uh, as of this recording, we're recording on March 19th, 
Saturday. As this recording, Jason's birthday is tomorrow. So uh, our birthdays have have been a big topic. Uh, my birthday was Wednesday. It wasn't it wasn't too bad. I had a lot of love from a lot of people. Appreciate everyone who uh, sent me birthday wishes. A couple of people, blast from the past, uh, sent me things, and it was really nice to to get all that love. Um, it, it has been a rough week too. Lots of lots of people in my house getting sick, including myself. So if I sound a little off, that's why. But thanks for the birthday wishes and happy early birthday to you, Jason. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, you tend to not forget how old you're turning uh, uh, as soon as you hit over thirty. So it, you know, it's just it's just another year, right? <laughs> just another number <laughs> added on. Right, up it's to always twenty-five. You're like, oh man, one more <laughs> till this, one more till that. But now I'm like, ah, I can wait. I mean, do any birthdays really matter after twenty-one? I mean, I like that. Uh, you can uh, rent a car like for much cheaper. Yeah, yeah. At, at is... twenty-one and sixty-five, you can get that damn four hundred one k money out. That's it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's my next milestone. Sixty-five. Also, uh, more. Le- yeah, I can retire at sixty-five. Shit. Uh, did you get any uh, cool gifts, Luigi? Oh, that leads me into what I wanted to talk about as well. Since today is going to be a music-heavy episode, I got some legit-ass records for my birthday. Shout-out to to Gabby, who got me those records. I got the deluxe version of RTJ4, Run the Jewels, for those of you who don't know. Nice. Rap Duo, LP, and Big Mike on their fourth album. Uh, it's got a lot of good bangers on there. If you like some like high-energy rap, those guys are the best to do it, man. Best to fucking do it. So they're, they're, I got their vinyl. It's a gold and pink. So it looks pretty legit spinning on my record player. Only thing is the gold records are like for sampling. So I was like, oh man, if I knew this, um, I might not have gotten it, but it still looks so great. Uh, but I know I'm just, I don't have that kind of musical talent. So I'm never going to really sample them. I'm just listening to the instrumentals. I would say never say never. No, I guess that's true. You uh, never know. Ten years down the road, I'm gonna be like, you know what? Let's let's fuck around and find out. Um, <laughs> and then I also got the Forest Green exclusive album of "Damn" from Kendrick Lamar. Um, I got Coloring Book. That one was in like a burnt orange, uh, not burnt orange, like a red orange, in a red orange color. And I got. Gosh, I got a Childish Gambino album. Um, and then I've got a few that I've had for a while now. Finally got myself a record player. Well, not myself, but my mom got me a record player. So that was nice. I can finally listen to it because she uh, stole mine. So I was stuck on that. I know you've been getting some records too, though, Jason. <laughs> Happy birthday to yourself. What'd you, yeah. what'd you pick up? So I went to Walmart to uh, get a new copy of, of a key of my house key that I lost. And I ended up walking away with two records. Uh, some of the greatest hits from uh, Frank Sinatra. It was a Walmart exclusive uh, blue vinyl, blue and clear, uh, actually two vinyls. It was a two set LP. Uh, and as well as Prince's 1999 album. And that was a clear album as well. Um, I think I told Eric about it, and Eric uh, turns out that Eric's father is that's one of his favorite albums. So, shout out Mr. Washington. Yeah, um, Papa Wash. Uh, Papa Wash is a big fan of uh, of controversial statements like Prince is greater than Michael Jackson. So we'll see. 
<laughs> oh shit! Okay, okay. I guess you know I hear that argument a lot. Like musically, he had more going on. He just wasn't as popular as Michael, right? Uh, I, I, he's more. I guess he's more talented because he played more instruments and and you know he had the different styles of singing. But I mean, Mike changed the game. You know, yeah. Mike was Mike was doing shit on MTV that nobody had ever seen before. So I don't know. They're both great. Let's just call it. Let's just call it a tie. Oh, so you don't agree with your dad, huh? <laughs> well, I, mean, like, I want to yeah, stay in the will. I want to stay in the will, so I gotta, you know, tiptoe around <laughs> okay. that statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, don't you say it. Don't you? Okay, okay. All right. Now, uh, let me see. That's, oh, I, I did get uh, some feedback from our uh, Bad Bitches in History and Pop Culture segment last week. I forgot to, we talked a lot of music, women. So I forgot to add in Sister Rosetta Tharp, 30s and 40s, first person, one of the first people to use electric guitar in her music regularly. And that would be a huge change to the music culture of jazz, which would soon give birth to uh, rock and roll music. So we got to give her a shout out. Uh, you can check her out on all this stuff. Just know you're listening to some older type of music. So if you're into that vintage style, go ahead and check her out, guys. Uh, but that's all I got for my state of things, Jason. Go ahead and fill us in on the sports. Well, yeah, my main thing this week, uh, obviously I mentioned it in our la- in our previous episode, uh, was the NCAA tournament. And uh, already it's been exciting. It started on St. Paddy's Day. Um, but first of all, uh, one team today, as, as we're talking right now, uh, punched their ticket into the Sweet 16. And that's uh, Eric's uh, college team, uh, North Carolina. So shout out, Eric. They won in, uh, in overtime. Uh, I bet you that was very nerve-wracking for you, right? <laughs> I mean, they were up 25. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go do my laundry. I come back, and it's overtime. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was insane. And, uh, yeah, it, and this is what I love about this tournament, uh, just things like that and just the emotions of these kids already. You just see that, you know, you feel bad for these kids that who just – trained all year to get to this moment and just losing one game and you're out of this tournament, it just makes it just more that much more special. Um, I want to shout out my Texas Longhorns. Uh, we won our first uh, tournament game in over five years. The previous, uh, the last four years, we got kicked out of the first round and we made it past the first round. I uh, was not expecting that. I actually had them losing because I, I just – I, I didn't trust them anymore. Uh, so I just want to give a shout out to the Texas Longhorns and a, and a big fuck you to Shaka Smart for leaving uh, the program and uh, having his team lose in the first round, Marquette, uh, to UNC, none other than UNC, uh, Eric's team. So that was, yeah, that was, that was a back, very special bro. movie. <laughs> and it was a blowout back. too. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Uh, and uh, one of the biggest upsets, I think, uh, over the first round, the first, uh, I want to bring this up, uh, number two, Kentucky gets upset by number 15, St. Peter's. Uh, for, for you guys that don't know uh, too much about uh, Kentucky and their program, uh, they've, they're a huge program. They won over eight total national championships. And St. Peter's is a small program. Uh, Kentucky, I believe, has currently 32,000 students versus St. Peter's 2,300 students. So you can see the big difference of the programs. Uh, St. Peter's got their first ever win in the NCAA tournament. So shout out to them. Um, I know who crazy. I'm going for. I know who I'm going for. <laughs> Cinderella stories uh, do exist in this tournament, uh, so hopefully they can keep on going and uh, uh, su- keep surprising us. So, and uh, yeah. I do, I do have a little bit of a stat, you know, a little 
room 303 type of, of stat for you here. So only nine number 15s have lost to the number two seed. Or nine, number, uh, I'm sorry. Only nine number two seeds have lost to the number 15 seed, right? But this is technically the largest upset in NCAA March Madness history based off of the amount of money that goes into the program. University right. of Kentucky spends 12.5 times more money than the St. Petersburg University does. The next closest upset was when Virginia was the number one seed and lost, and that's and Virginia spent 5.7 times more money. So they almost doubled, and Kentucky got sent home. It was a beautiful day. It was beautiful to see. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm definitely going for which school is uh, St. Peter's. Peter's. Uh, St. Peter's. In, Here we they're go. from Jersey City, very small college. Um, you can, I, you, you see them. I, I checked them out on the map. It's a very small school, but check them out if you have, if you want someone to root for. Uh, Cinderella story. Uh, that's your team right there, guys. All right, St. Peter's. That's the one. An unpopular opinion here. My cousin went to Marquette for law school, so I'm pretty sad they're out. Actually, I was gonna see how they were doing. Clearly yeah. not great. Clearly not great. And I'm a anti Marquette fan over here. Uh, yeah, I believe. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I guess my my final uh, just update that just happened over the week. A uh, very crazy um, trade that happened. Uh, Deshaun Watson, quarterback, got traded to the Browns for uh, three first round picks, uh, third round, and a fourth. Um, Five years, two hundred thirty million guaranteed. Crazy, because I don't know what's going to happen. I know he just got his cases dismissed, um, but he still has uh, some civil cases still pending. So we don't know if he's going to get suspended or whatnot. And then also, what's going to happen to Baker Mayfield? Where do you think he ends up, Eric? Uh, I, I'm, they're obviously going to trade him. He requested the trade. Um, I don't know. I think uh, there's a couple quarterback hungry teams. I actually didn't think about this this far, but I think you see him like going to Carolina or. Um, shit, I don't even know, man. It's uh, Seattle. So, Dude, I, I know, mean, where I know he's they got going. Lock. I know where he's going. He's going to the Eagles. Please. <laughs> I was I was thinking San Francisco if they don't get Jimmy back. That's no, but that's, they that's my they invested spot. in Trey Lance. They 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 took that third pick. But they took the they took Trey Lance yeah. the third pick, and I don't think I I don't think if you may take a quarterback that high, unless you know it's. Uh, what's that dude, uh, Rosen, that got drafted, like, number one, that got cut the next year? Other than that, like, they're, they're going to stick with Trey Lance. So it's going to be interesting to see where Baker goes because, I mean, you know, he's not that good of a quarterback, but he's better than most of the options out there. So well, what definitely was, better than Drew Locke, I'll say that. What I was wondering is what uh, if he's – if they're already talking about a trade with the Texans, the Texans are going to need a quarterback, right? Uh, surprisingly, no, man. David Smills, the kid out of Stanford, he, uh, he was, was decently good. He won four games for them, and if you look at the, the numbers, like if you look just at the numbers, he was probably like one of the best rookie QBs last year. I know that Mac Jones is probably the best one, but stat-wise, uh, Davis Mills did not have a bad season. Okay, I agree. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Listen, I hope he goes to the Eagles, and I hope we can just like just constantly sack him <laughs> while playing you guys, even without Randy Gregory. But moving oh. on, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go on to our next subject, guys. Up and coming, up and coming. So for up and coming, I'm gonna start us off. I've only got one up and coming. Uh, there are a few, but I did mention a bunch of them. Uh, I've got two up and coming. I'm sorry. 
Uh, I did mention a few of them last week, so I'm just going to go with uh, the release of Morbius, April 1st. Hopefully it's not an April Fool's joke since they already moved that date a few times now. Uh, Morbius should be coming out April 1st, and related news in the Spider-Verse, not the movie, but the Spider-Man villain universe that Sony is trying to make. Uh, Craven has a character playing the chameleon. They've added on Russell Crowe, if you didn't already know, and they found a villain who's going to be played by Alessandro Nivola. Uh, Honestly, I only know him from Face Off and Jurassic Park 3. So if you guys can recognize him from other things, that'd be great, but that's all I know him from. Uh, Things that I have recently seen are Turning Red on Disney. It is the coming-of-age story of a little... uh, Canadian Chinese girl. Uh, it, the, the panda is it, it's a metaphor for like getting your period and going through puberty, right? Like that's the panda is a girl in puberty, and um, that they kind of just try to normalize the idea of that, and it's very much like centered around when we were growing up. So it has like the whole boy band thing going for them, and uh, a lot of just ridiculous. <laughs> A ridiculous callbacks to our time. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I was laughing real hard in the first half. Second half slows down a bit, goes more into the story. But uh, one, if you got kids, it's a good one to watch. Two, if you like uh, animated films, it's definitely a good one to watch. And uh, where can we find that one? That one's going to be on Disney Plus. Disney Plus uh, just got all the animation. Although we will go into Oscar nominations, and I'll tell you one that's not. Uh, and then I have a few that are on streaming right now. I've got what to watch on streaming. So if you guys are like, you know what? I'm sick of the same old shows. I want to find a good movie to watch on streaming. Uh, a few of these are actually going to be Oscar nominations, but uh, recommendations from this pod are going to be Nightmare Alley. It's a Best Picture nomination. Uh, it's going to be on HBO Max. Free Guy with uh, Ryan Reynolds. It's uh, nominated for visual effects. It's on Disney Plus and HBO Max. The King's Man, if you like the series, the film series. I'm hearing this one might be one of the best ones. That is on HBO Max. Dune is on HBO Max, another Best Picture nomination. French Dispatch uh, is on HBO Max. If you're a fan of, gosh, Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, same director is uh, doing French Dispatch. Uh, also, Adam Project looks like it's a very popular film that's coming out on Netflix right now. And then if you're a Taika Waititi fan, he's got a show on HBO Max, Our Flag Means Death. And it's about a, it's a comedy about pirates. I will watch anything that guy makes. He makes everything interesting. So I'm definitely interested in watching that one as well as uh, West Side Story which is also on Disney Plus and HBO Max. A lot of these are HBO Max heavy. They got the they got the contenders from what I'm seeing. But to round them out, we got Kimmy, which looks like a thriller with, um, God, my girl, Zoe, Zoe Kravitz on HBO Max. F9 is also on HBO Max. The new Scream movie is on Paramount Plus. Uh, Drive My Car, nominated for Best Picture, HBO Max. And then we've got a few on Amazon Prime. The next ones are on Amazon Prime. Marvelous Miss Maisel. I think it looks like her final season. Uh, If you watch the show about that female comic in the 60s, this might be the last season for it. And then I Want You Back, the Charlie Day film. Uh, 
Reacher, The Boys Diabolical, and Vox Machina. Those are all very much in our wheelhouse. Lots of the guys are mentioning it in some of our chats. So I wanted to give those a shout out. Anything you guys have that you uh, would recommend to watch? For up and coming? Uh, mm-hmm. Not really. Uh, right. So I actually have a couple of stuff that's coming up that I want to recommend. Uh, the new John Barenthal show on HBO Max, We Own This City, uh, based on oh, a true yeah. story um, about dirty cops in Baltimore. Uh, and then another one with Ansel Elgort. I'm sorry if I butchered that dude's name. Uh, it's called Tokyo Vice. Uh, it's about an American reporter who goes to Japan and starts reporting on the Yakuza. Looks dope. And then right now on Netflix, um, I'm a huge Jason Siegel fan. Not sure if you guys like him, but he's got this movie that just came out. It's called Windfall. Uh, it's got him, Jesse Plemons, and Lily Collins. They're the only three characters in the movie. And basically, Jason Siegel breaks into a billionaire's house when he thinks they're on vacation. And then they show up, and it's just excellently, excellently written. Dialogue is amazing. And Jason Siegel carries the movie. I just watched it last night. I highly recommend watching that movie. And oh, what, yeah. what does it fall under? What, is, uh, what kind of film is this? Uh, man, it, it's... I guess you could say like light suspense because it's, you know, it's, he's got them held hostage the whole movie and it's just oh. them going back and forth. So, um, it's, so just, it's, a, it's really good. Is it good. like it's a black Netflix. comedy? Uh, not really a comedy, man. It's a, it's an aspect of Jason Siegel where he, he's not exploring the comedy. He's doing drama and, and, and being something that we've never seen him do before. And you can tell he's just off the rip. He carries the movie. So it, it's a great movie. Okay. Okay. Oh man, I'm I'm down to check that out, and I definitely want to see uh, Tokyo Vice. That sounds legit. All right, sounds really interesting. Uh, I do have one up and coming that's not TV, and uh, this is just my main topic. Topic. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, he hinted earlier on in the year that he's announcing his last final album with his label, uh, Top Dog Entertainment (TDE), which. At first, we're like, all right, when is this dropping? But uh, recently, uh, Rolling Loud, one of the biggest hip-hop festivals uh, out, out there, they're, you know, they, they, they travel and have the biggest hip-hop artists out there. Uh, Miami is their main one. Um, he is headlining one of those days, which kind of makes us think that, is he going to drop the album before he headlines this show? Which I think uh, most of us are... Are going towards that so i'm kind of excited for that so just keep your ears out for the next uh kendrick lamar album uh it's definitely not his last album just his last album with his current label so yeah god i can't excited wait for that, for that man <laughs> i've been waiting for a kendrick album dude ever since damn i was like i need more i need more of this i need it in my everyday life i need you to release a song every month thank you very much i mean his tracks with uh baby keen his cousin are uh fire See that? I've only heard one of his uh, drops with uh, Baby Keem. Uh, I think Come on, it man. was posted Top of the morning. On of Top of the morning. Top of the morning. <laughs> you heard that check. track? <laughs> no. Okay. I'll have to well, check, it. That, check it out. <laughs> Is that oh, no. where you guys get that shit from? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's it's a weird verse where he's just going top of the morning top of the morning and it kind of went viral on tiktok and it's just it's kind of funny i saw uh baby keem and kendrick perform last year uh for a festival and everyone in the crowd when that part came on was just kept yelling it out it was it was hilarious uh it was a fun moment um so it was pretty cool (laughs) top of the morning all right (laughs) 
What you got, Eric? Were you gonna add into that? Oh, I just wanted to. Well, no, I, I, I will. I'll get to the music part later. But uh, I just wanted to shout out. Um, my favorite personal comedy of all time is Wedding Crashers. I watch that movie Ooh. every day. It's literally, I, I, I die laughing every time. I've seen it a thousand times. But they just greenlit Wedding Crashers too. I. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if they should make a part two, but just want to put that out there. There is they just greenlit part two, so we'll be getting that sometime in the next year, I think. Which we're gonna go watch either way. If either way, huh. you don't know how you feel about, we're gonna go watch it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Those guys don't miss. Dude, and Isla Fisher was hilarious in that movie. Like when he tried to get away and he was at the beach. I find uh, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, so, and we've all, and, and I mean, you know, not to go too deep into it, but we've all had that girl, you know, that you know, changed us forever, made us want to go to church. So that that's right. true. That's true. Yeah. You motorboating son of a bitch, you. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna watch that movie today for sure, man. That's a good one, dude. That's a that's good a good one. one, Eric. Yeah, I love that. All, all right, right, guys. Oh, I thought it was going <laughs> to <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, kinda down, you know kinda what? Down, Miscommunication. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you no, do yeah. it. I like that. I wanted and, you to start off a section. This will be the one. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to, I want to see this in the, in the, in the, in the episode. I don't want to see this It's hilarious. <laughs> I guess. All right. Well, all right, folks. Um, Going into my uh, TV land, uh, one show that I was very excited about that I mentioned last week was uh, Winning Time, a story about uh, the 80s Lakers. Uh, this is just my early review. Only two episodes have come out, but oh my God, it's everything that I wanted it to be. Go South, I... all right? <laughs> <Suck it. laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I w- ended up watching it at home because uh, my girlfriend was sick. So we both kind of just started the, sh- the show because I couldn't, I couldn't wait anymore. So I was like, babe, can we just watch this? Like, hit play. I need, I need to watch this now. Like, I'm, I'm dying here. And to tell just I, these were my words I sent to her right after the first episode. I was like, I wish you could, I could have seen this episode with you because the whole time I just had a big smile on my face. Um, I, I forget how much of an impact uh, the, the, this Lakers story, like, you know, the, the rivalry between the Celtics, Lakers in the 80s, uh, Jerry Buss, what he meant to the NBA, um, we, we got to see it, and it just made me so happy. Uh, and John C. Riley, I think, is doing it a phenomenal job play, playing, uh, playing Jerry Buss. From what I've heard, I, I've never met Jerry Buss. I wish I could have. But uh, from players uh, to, you know, management staff saying that he was just a, a phenomenal guy. He treated you with respect and uh, like a family member or a close friend. And I think they're really portraying that uh, when he ended up buying the Lakers uh, in, in 79. He uh, just everything that he did, I, I, I had to tell her to press pause so I can give her a little bit of knowledge of what uh, Jerry Buss did for the league. Uh, back in the 70s, uh, you know, the NBA was not was not popular. You know, it was behind uh, golf and tennis and everything. It was just it just wasn't doing well. Uh, Jerry Buss, his view was, I want this I want this game to be entertainment. I want the venue that I just bought to be a place for celebrities to go to. So he was the first person ever to introduce uh, cheerleaders, as we know them now as the Laker girls, uh, playing music uh, during timeouts, halftime shows, everything. He wanted to make it the spot in Hollywood to go to. Uh, also, the front row seats, I didn't know this when I was doing some research, it was actually just for the press. 
And he was like, no, no, scratch that. Front row seats are going to be for celebrities. You're going to be a forum VIP exclusive. You want to be seen at this show. Um, before his passing, he, he, he owned this team for 33 years uh, or 30 plus years. I could be 32. I, I can't remember, but he took the Lakers within those 30 years to 16 finals appearances and 10 championships. This man wanted to win. Um, when he hired, well, when he drafted magic, he treated him like a friend, uh, like a family member, magic Johnson, even has said that he was a father figure to me. Uh, and it just goes to show what, what his even even looking up more of his history too. Uh, when he was young, he was born in poverty. He was a, a Great Depression kid, and he moved from Wyoming. He moved over to L.A. and he he first invested into a 14-unit apartment building, which later became his real estate like empire, and was able to buy the Lakers from them. And just the fact that they're just kind of showing all this and just uh, it's, it's just awesome. I love that they break the fourth wall. It's, I think it's pretty cool because it's very informative for people who aren't a casual NBA watcher. So you kind of they kind of explain things and explain characters. And it's just kind of fun to see, uh, you know, the Donald Sterlings, David Stern, uh, just and how, you know, how everyone knows each other and the ownership and everything and the rivalry that's about to come up with the Celtics and the Lakers. I'm just so excited for it. And if you guys um, – have a chance to watch the show. I highly recommend it, even if you're not an NBA fan, if you're not a casual watcher, um, at least if, at least want to know a little bit about the NBA history and how it became popular to how we see it today. Um, Jerry Buss had a huge influence on this, and I highly recommend it. Uh, anything you guys want to add on to this, Eric? I know you've watched it as well, so. Well, I I just so it's an Adam McKay project, and Jonah Hill's directed the uh, directed the episodes. Um, one, the casting. Michael Chiklis as Red Arbuck, uh, John C. Riley as uh, Dr. Jerry Buss. Um, if you look at pictures of a young genie, they got the the girl they got for the genie Buss. They got freaking they got somebody that looks exactly like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know how hard that is to do. Dude's a seven-one giant, and they got right. somebody that like, you know perfect perfect casting, great script, great directing. But what, but what stands out to me is is the the tone that it sets with explaining who Dr. Jerry Buss is. It just shows you that, like, if if at the top level of, of whatever you're doing, if you have that positivity, if you have that winning mindset, like, it just it trickles down into every aspect of, of whatever you're doing. If you're, you own a basketball company or you run a podcast, if you just have that mindset of that, I'm going to be a winner, I'm going to do it, it just sets the tone. And you can see throughout how everybody around him was in the old mindset from the previous owner of, like, oh, you know, the NBA sucks and blah, blah, blah. And it just takes one dude to come in there and be like, no. And then, right. you know, it's, it, everything comes together. Like, like nobody wanted him to draft Magic. He goes and drafts Magic Johnson. And it's just so many things had to come together for this to be successful, but it did. And then you had the Showtime Lakers that changed the league. And then shortly after, you know, they started building the, the, the legacy and the brand. And then shortly after that, we get Michael Jordan. And now the NBA is probably the second largest uh, sports market in the in the America. So, I mean, Dr. Jerry Buss, I mean, he, he basically – David Stern and Jerry Buss, everybody should thank them for what we have today as the modern NBA. Thousand yeah, percent agree with that. Love that, Eric. <clears throat> and to add into what you guys are saying, because I haven't seen the show, but I have seen the thirty for thirty Celtics Lakers best of enemies, and it gives you the true story of exactly the same thing that they're talking about, just in documentary form. Uh, that was really informative on what that rivalry meant. 
and what some of those uh, personal feuds looked like, uh, how the players actually played. So if you want to see if you want to see that as well, you can definitely catch it on I think it's Hulu and Disney Plus. So it's got some. Yeah, really that cool came out about there. two years ago, I think, right or three, yeah, a couple yeah. years ago. Love that documentary. Um, um, it was very informative too. I'm not sure when exactly it came out, but Ice Cube was uh, for <clears throat> on the Lakers side, right? And then I think um, Mark Wahlberg's brother was Donnie. Just yeah, yeah Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg. Was, yeah, he was announcing the the Celtics side of the story, so it was it was really entertaining. Yeah, uh, check, yeah. yeah, definitely check that out too. It's awesome. Showed the fandoms. Oh, here we go. Twenty seventeen. It came out in twenty seventeen. Dang, that feels longer Damn. than I expected. Yeah, it does feel. Yeah. All right, feeling old on our birthdays. All right, moving <laughs> forward, uh, <laughs> we're gonna go into some of the Oscar nominations. Give you guys some uh, the rundown of what uh, we're seeing for the Oscars. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and push it to the, uh, you know, the big one, the number one uh, best picture nominations, which are Nightmare Alley, Don't Look Up, Dune, Drive My Car, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog, West Side Story, King Richard, and Coda. There are 10 this year, guys. Normally, I think it used to be five. And before that, it used to be three or four. So it really, it, it has grown. But those are, I mean, from what I've seen there, all of those movies have, like, really great ratings. And there are a few there that I actually want to see or have seen. Uh, have you guys seen Nightmare Alley yet? I have not. Nightmare Alley. How about you, Eric? Have you seen Nightmare Alley? Uh, I watched, like, the first 30 minutes of it, and I fell asleep. So I got to go back and me. watch it. I was about to say, that doesn't tell me good things. But it is uh, Guillermo del Toro uh, directed, so I know it's going to look beautiful. I I like watching um, Bradley Cooper in anything, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara. I mean, great actors on it. And he's supposed to be a swindler um, who takes over a carnival, right? That's that's my understanding of it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm interested. I'm definitely interested. It looks really dark from what I hear as you leave the movie feeling feeling a little bit depressed about life, but I'm okay with that. I'm all right with, I'm all right with that kind of film. We're going to go over one film uh, that won an Oscar later that kind of feels like that. And this one I haven't seen, but I'm pretty sure both of you have because you guys are DiCaprio stands. Uh, Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up is the next nomination there. First of all, <laughs> DiCaprio stand, you say that with a negative, with a negative con- uh, connotation. What's going on? You don't like DiCaprio? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, hey, uh, whoa, whoa. I didn't say I don't like DiCaprio. He's we one of my we love Leo actors. over here. He's one of my favorite actors, but you guys got more of a devotion than I do into making sure I see every movie that comes out. Yeah. All right. Uh, let, 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 let's just say this. I'm not gay, all right? But if I was, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be the man for me. He would be the one, even in this movie. Even like, in anytime, this movie. Anytime somebody debates that he's, in my opinion, top three actor currently acting, I want to be like, all I tell him is go watch Titanic and then go watch go watch Django Unchained. If you don't see the range and the, and the talent in between those two movies, it shows you how talented that man is. And you could just rattle him off, man. Catch me if you can. Shutter Island. Even their, their version of Romeo and Juliet. He just... Uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? His first role ever. That that guy can act, man. I, a big Leonardo fan. I just I just know that you guys, God dang, you, you really know every single one of his films like the back of your hand. 
Oh, and I'm, I'm sure you guys' favorite has to be uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Am I right? No. No? What's I love that movie. Favorite what? Movie. Favorite DiCaprio movie? Yeah, yeah. Favorite DiCaprio Come on, movie. man. No, uh, no. Wall Street, bro. In a world where Wolf of Wall Street exists, you can't pick Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. God, I wish my friends were and douchey. And there's also The Departed <laughs> and Gangs of New York. Oh, touche. Gangs of New York. Love those movies. One of my favorites from him. The Departed, really good. Guy, he pl- he's so conflicted in that movie. I love watching it. Y'all seen him in Basketball Diaries? Yes. Yeah. Oh, breaks my heart when he's at his mom's door. That was like oh, his second God. film or third film. Like, right? He was a young kid. He was still young. He was young. It was two years yeah. after what's eating Gilbert Grapes. So I could assume that it might be his second film. Uh, um, young Marky Mark in that film, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's crazy yeah. in that movie. Uh, watching him in uh, Great Gatsby, personal favorite of mine. It's not a great movie, but God, he was so charming in that film. I could not keep my eyes off him. Yeah, say what you want about that film. I do like that movie as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> uh, and he'll be coming out soon in Killers of the Flower Moon, which I'm uh, I'm gonna listen to the ebook on uh, as soon as possible. But yeah, those are some of my my big favorites of his. Um, but anyway, back to his not the nomination of his film, uh, Don't Look Up. How was it, guys? How, how was the film? I still have yet to see it. Uh, Jason, have you seen it? I, I did. I, yeah. I, oh, okay. I saw it. I enjoyed it. I really did. I'll, I'll say this. Um, Adam McKay, again, dude's on fire right now with everything that he's making. But if there's ever been a movie that perfectly encapsulated today's society, as right. far as exactly. every every aspect from – you know, the elites to the pores. It's just, it's, it's a great movie. It's so satirical. Media, it's, manipulation, manipulation, all yeah, that. Yeah. It's just, it, the it's government. a great, I don't know if it's Oscar worthy. I don't, I mean, if you look at a couple of these other Belfast, Coda, um, obviously everybody's going to love King Richard, but um, uh, Licorice Pizza is probably going to be like, if I had to pick a movie, it'd be Licorice Pizza, but man, Don't Look Up is a phenomenal movie. It's just an enjoyable movie at the end of the day you just enjoy watching it you leave that and you're like ah that was a great movie okay okay i'm gonna have to check that out uh, next one up another one we can fanboy out on uh dune dune no. is nominated for best picture um uh denis villeneuve i hope i said his name right <laughs> Villeneuve, uh, also director of Arrival and Blade Runner 2049. Big shout out to that movie. Uh, how do you guys feel about Dune getting the best picture nod? I don't think it'll win, but I, I love where they're going with that film. I'm excited to see the part two. That's all I'm going to say about that. So. Okay, okay. I, I can I can respect that. And Eric, how are you feeling about Dune getting nominated for best picture? I'm still not over the fact that the movie just cuts off. Like when it was starting to get good, like yeah. that, that was my much that was less my take much on it less too, that much less it doesn't deserve an Oscar nomination. Yeah, it had some great you know cinematography, some good acting, but like you're just gonna stop the movie like right when the movie's about to get good. Like, come on, man, fuck you. I mean, he did make it to be like a three part. I, I, actually, it can be like several parts, right? Well, it's it, the there's first, like twenty it's books. The, it's the first half of the first book. That's obnoxious. Which is, is that is absolutely obnoxious. crazy. And the movie still ran long. So. <laughs> it was still long. Yeah, it, it is a long. Is it two and a half hours or is it the full three? It was. It was like remember. two and a half hours with like eight minutes of of actual like hell yeah, and then 
The rest was just character development. Which, if you wanted character development, give me a TV show. Touche, touche. Well, it's also nominated for uh, visual effects, which I would m- be more than happy to give. Because God, that movie was stunning. It was downright stunning. Uh, I did see it in IMAX theater, so I was blown away. The music, everything that that part was crazy, and that's why I say I enjoyed it. But to Eric's point, I agree. I felt like right when it was about to get good, the movie ended. So that's why I'm excited to see the second part of the film, because uh, I think we're going to be a lot happier watching that one. More action, yeah. sort of say. And God knows the Oscars love character development, so it's still got a good chance. Uh, next up is Drive My Car. It is a Japanese film. Uh, it's set, I think, in the 90s. It's the only foreign film that's on here, I think. I mean, I guess you can count Belfast as a foreign film, but this one is like in a foreign language. You can watch that on HBO Max. And the synopsis uh, pretty much says like a widower or yeah, a widower. uh, He used to be an actor, ends up uh, getting a new mechanic who's like a 20 year old girl. And they develop a special relationship, like a really strong friendship. Uh, don't know much else about it, but I do know that I want to check it out. Uh, from what I've seen of Asian films lately, they know how to do it, man. They know how to do it. So I'll definitely be checking that one out. Uh, Belfast. That one I don't know anything about except for it is in Scotland during God, what war? Was it during World War II? You guys know anything about Belfast? None whatsoever. It's uh, it's in the sixties in uh, uh, um, during... it's in uh, it's actually in Northern Ireland, I believe. God, I messed that up pretty badly. Oh wow! <laughs> so Northern Ireland, okay. I just know that it was during a time of like a lot of uh, unrest. So I thought it might have been a war, but it could be like social, social unrest. So there's that one. Then Licorice Pizza. I don't know much about it, but man, the the rave around it, the reviews, just the hype train around Licorice Pizza has made me want to see the film. I know which – have you guys both seen it or just Eric? I think – I haven't seen it, but I've heard amazing things about it, and I really want to see it. That's – Eric, have you seen it? Were you, were you the one that told me to watch this film? I can't yeah, remember. So- so it's a it's a great movie, man. It's Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, most famously known for Punch Drunk Love, I believe. Um, if you like Punch Drunk Love, you'll like this. It's basically just like a love story. It takes place like I think like the seventies, um, you know, San Fernando Valley, California. It's it's a good movie, man. Uh, a lot of uh, good acting in it. Bradley Cooper, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Skyler uh, Gisondo. I don't know if you guys know him. He's like in uh, uh, what's that Righteous Gemstones movie? I think it's called, or TV show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I hear it's... Fucking Tom Waits is in it. Benny Safdie's in it from the Safdie Brothers. So it's a good movie, man. Love story. Um, Well shot, well directed, well written. Um, I I highly recommend it for everybody. I can see it winning just because Hollywood loves to, you know, these these type of, like, California love movies. It's a California love story, let's put it that way. Oh, yeah. La La Land got real far off that. Well, I'm I'm about it. All right, I'm down to check it out because it looks great. And it's interesting to see, uh, what's her name, Alana Haim? Is she, is she the drummer for her band? Or is no, she, she leads? Lead she, she, she runs the show for Haim. So she plays everything? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, she she's she doesn't so she's play like every... Trent Reznor. Yeah. Okay. 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 Wow. Oh, that's impressive. I thought yeah, it was more collaborative. Good to know. So she's actually uh, the supporting actress in that film, right? Yes. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. I definitely want to check that one out too. Although it's not free anywhere for me to watch, so I'm gonna have to wait a little bit. Uh, Power of the Dog. This is a western. Uh, this one's got Benedict Cumberbatch. So shout out to Kevin Smith podcast. I cannot say it any other way now. It has to be Cumberbatch. <laughs> um, but yeah, Power of the Dog. You guys know anything about Power of the Dog? No. So Power of the Dog. It's on Netflix, and it is a rancher, Benedict Cumberbatch whose brother and wife come to live with him. Uh, This looks like it's set in the late 1800s. It doesn't look like they have a whole lot of um, technology. Uh, But it it looks like it comes to be one of those uh, dramas, uh, Western style, very very good character study. So I'm interested to see what he does with his version of Let There Be Blood, which is what it seems like. And I know Benedict Cumberbatch can do it, so I'm I'm all in to watch it. I just can't say anything about it yet. I thought it was uh, Cumberbatch. That's right. Yeah? Okay. Cumberbatch. Uh, that's true. My bad. So I apologize. Yeah, so that I correct you on that. All right, and then I'm going to round it off with the last three. If you guys have seen them, jump in. I have not seen them yet, nor have I seen the original of the first one that's coming up. West Side Story. Um, I know I'm betraying my people here. It is about uh, a feud between the Puerto Ricans and Irish in New York in the 50s. Uh, if you've never heard of it, you must have been living under a rock. Shame on you, Luigi. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Listen, man, I used to hate uh, musicals, and I'm barely starting to uh, enjoy them a little more now. I'll get to it, I'll get to it. Then there's King Richard. Uh, Will Smith plays the Williams sisters father sounds like an amazing film everyone was raving about that too and coda i don't know anything about coda well Well, this uh oh go ahead eric go ahead well no i was just gonna say coda is a really good movie man it's about a a deaf family and their daughter is uh, the only one that's not deaf wait is that Uh, the apple tv plus series i believe so yeah well tv apple tv movie yeah uh what's it called um and apparently like um uh I think some of the actors are actually deaf, which is really cool. But um, she joins like her choir, and she's talented. And um, but then she falls in love with one of the dudes in the choir, and it just it's like a forbidden love type thing. Uh, but there's like the whole deaf aspect to, to her family, and like the struggles that because she has to help her family, and she wants to pursue her career. So it, it's just it's a good movie, man. It's just um, slow. If there's anything, if there's any knock on it, is that it's slow and it's quiet. Oh my god, now that I know what it is, yes, I did want to see that movie too. <laughs> All right. I do want to I do want to go back to King Richard, Richard though. Eric, you go saw ahead. that film as well, right? Yeah. What'd you think of it? Um, I thought it was good. I thought that um going into it I was expecting a movie about the 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 sisters, um even though it was titled King Richard and then I did realize it's more about their dad. Um Will Smith does a great job. Uh, wait, wait, say that one more time. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. For you, for for those of you guys that don't know, um, Eric had has a podcast. Obviously, Room Three Hundred Three. Shout out to them. 
they talked about uh, Denzel and uh, Will Smith Look. and how Will Smith, Eric thinks Will Smith is not a great actor. I'm out. Uh, so I, so go, oh, go ahead. I'm out. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, share your side. Will Smith is a great actor. Okay. Talented. Everybody loves the Fresh Prince. Everybody loves his blockbusters. Everybody loves his fucking raps. When it comes to comparing him to Denzel Washington, Denzel Washington is in the category of his own. He's one of the greatest actors to ever live. And that's my beef, is that everybody wants to say that Will Smith is, is on that level. And he's not. Like, he's good. He's, he's, I enjoy watching his movies. Some of his movies are my favorite movies of all time. But Denzel. No, I, I agree. But I, I think it came out wrong when you said in your podcast, you were just throwing some mad shade at Mr. Will Smith. That, that, and that's, you know, that's just, that's just how I took it when I listened to it. So I had to put in my two cents and, you know, back up Mr. Will Smith because you got to have I some respect great. for the Fresh yeah. Prince, bro. Like, what are you, what are you doing, Eric? It's just, uh, and it just comes back to the, and we're not going to dive into this, but it just goes back to like what's going on right now in Hollywood with like, uh, what's the dude uh, from the Mandalorian and Game of Thrones and, and uh, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, like, it's, like, why is him and Oscar Isaac in every Latino role? How about we expand a little bit? How about we go look for some talent? Like, it's like, it's like they got Denzel and they got Will Smith and Morgan Freeman to play the old guy. And that's what they stick to. It's like, let's get some more fucking people because there's definitely more talented people out there. And I'm tired of seeing the same people over and over. And Will Smith is good for a blockbuster, but let's give somebody else a chance to, like, you know, get a shot at being famous and being rich and showing the world their talent. I hate to say it, but it's a lot about money, man. They know that these guys are gonna put will pull put, put people in, in seats. Yeah, yeah. Like if I hear there's a Will Smith movie coming out, I'm gonna watch it because I love Will Smith. I'm like, oh, I want to see. Uh, except a Gemini Man or Quemini Man, whatever that movie was. Heard mm-hmm. shit. Oh yeah, no, I didn't watch that. That looked bad. That looked real bad. I saw the preview. Touche. I did not watch that Will Smith movie. Um, no, there was no good look to that one at all. Um, but what I will say is, so in terms of the, I mean, it really isn't, it's really not a debate. Like Denzel is a better actor. Uh, but strangely enough, if you look at range, Will Smith has, he's at least tried uh, different types of range. And that's Denzel all I'm, that's all I was saying. Drama. Yeah. No, I would agree. Like when it comes to range, like, it, I don't know if Denzel can, can do it because he's never even tried. Like, he, he knows what he wants to do and he sticks to it. Have you seen uh, Two Guns with Mark Wahlberg? Two Guns with Mark? No, I haven't. That's a comedy. And it's funny. And Denzel crushes it. Like, it's not an Oscar dom. It's not what you expect from Denzel, but it's a great movie. Okay. I'll, I'll check out Two Guns. I just haven't seen a whole lot from him that isn't, like, either action or drama. Yeah, I but will I... say I love him in action roles. Like, I, I will say what you will about it, but... I really enjoyed The Magnificent Seven. I liked Equalizer, Man on Fire. I mean, all great movies to me. But yeah, well, let I... me ask you this before we before we get off the Denzel thing because it, it just it drives me up the wall. Would you say, and this is this is something that I've heard, uh, you know, critics and people like say, would you say Daniel Day Lewis is probably arguably one of the best actors in Hollywood? Yeah, yeah, probably. Right. What's his watch it. Oh, he doesn't have one. Yeah, so <laughs> range, range is cool. Like range is cool, but like, and you can play different roles. But when it comes to portraying a character and making me believe that you are that character, Denzel 
Daniel Day Lewis, DiCaprio, these guys are on another level, man. And that and that's where you win the debate. I, I'm gonna have to agree with that. Yeah. And as I mentioned, I agreed with you on that too. Like he is the better actor. Uh, but I will give Smith the range just because and he's, and he's his respect. Cool. Give him his flowers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give him his flowers. All right, gonna move on to best actor. Uh, there was a good lead in because Denzel is actually nominated for the, the tragedy of Macbeth. He's been nominated for tragedy of Macbeth uh, for best actor in a role. I haven't watched it yet. It's on, on Apple TV Plus. Uh, I hear it's just fantastic though. Have you guys been able to watch that one? I know that's a, I mean, that's straight Shakespeare, so it's not on everybody's top on the list. But no, I haven't. Uh, but you know who else is also uh, nominated for best actor who? this year? Um, Mr. Will Smith. <laughs> oh, there we go. I knew Look that was the, coming. For, I knew for that was King coming. Richard, for King Richard. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about so, that? How about yeah. that? Um, so who do you think is going to take it out of these following nominees, guys? Uh, best actor, Andrew Garfield and Tick, Tick, Boom. I've heard about them being the Ricardos, Will Smith and King Richard, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, in Power of the Dog, and Denzel Washington, Tragedy of Macbeth. I think either Denzel or... Garfield take it. Have you guys seen Tick Tick Boom? Yes. Damn good movie. It was a good movie. I have not seen it. I heard good things though. So. It's funny because I've seen that, but I haven't seen Rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I have not seen Rent, but I watched Tick Tick Boom, and Andrew Garfield is—he's a fucking man, dude. It was a great movie to watch. He's just so torn in that film. I—I I honestly think. It's between Denzel and Cumberbatch. I think it's going to be really hard to take that uh, and give it to anyone else. Maybe, maybe Javier Bardem. Uh, but I haven't seen Being the Ricardos, and I know the plot of the film isn't as heavy as Power of the Dog or Tragedy of Macbeth. So I, just giving a shot in the dark here, I'm going to go with. Um, Cumberbatch, because I feel like the Oscars just kind of tends to go with the same kinds of people. So I think it's going to be a Cumberbatch, a Cumberbatch win. You got any guesses, uh, <clears throat> Jason? You know, I've, I haven't. The only film that I've seen, which I don't think I've seen any of these films these guys have been in, so I, I, I don't have an opinion. Right, I might have to check these films out, and then uh, I'll let you know. Yeah, shout out to listeners, by the way. This is more so to give you guys something to watch. So when you, if you watch the awards show, I know Jermaine's going to chime in and be like, who watches awards shows? Well, you know, some of us do. So those of us who do, you can at least see what you're interested in. Um, I'm actually interested in watching all the movies in the Best Actor nominee spot. Just because I did used to love I Love Lucy. I already seen Tick, Tick, Boom. Will Smith, I wanted to see in King Richard. I wanted to watch uh, Power of the Dog and Tragedy of Macbeth. So those are all looking good to me right now. I'm like, okay. I know every single actor in the nominations. That's a first for me as well. So that's always good. Um, I'm going to go into Best Actress, though. For Best Actress, I have not seen these films. Again, they're on my, they're on my watch list. But one of them was surprising to me, and I wanted to give give a shout-out when we get to it. Uh, Jessica Chastain uh, for The Eyes of Tammy Faye about the uh, televangelists that turn out to be really corrupt and crazy. 
Uh, Olivia Coleman, she won, I think she won last year or the year before. No, it was, it was in 2020 for the favorite. Uh, Nicole Kidman and being the Ricardos. Uh, Kristen Stewart, that was the big surprise for me and Spencer. Like, man, she has come a long, long way from Twilight. Good for her. And uh, Penelope Cruz in Madres Paralelas. So just off straight fandom, I would want to give it to Jessica Chastain. Then that movie looks the best to me. Uh, you guys got any opinions on these? I haven't seen any of those films either, but definitely be on my list now. So, Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of good-looking ones. Sadly enough, we are we are slight children, so animated features probably going to be the one that we've seen the most of, at least for me. Uh, <laughs> Shout-out to my daughter, Katya. Now, for animated feature, we've got Encanto, Luca, Flea, The Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, which one would you would you want to win the best animated feature, Jason? Which one I want to win, or which one do I know is going to win? You know what? Pick both. Uh, well, it's the same answer, so I don't know why I asked that. It's uh, Encanto, man. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, I was not a fan of Raya the Last Dragon. Uh, Luca was just okay to me. I haven't seen Flea, and I haven't seen uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Encanto was dope. Uh, the songs are very catchy to me now. I, you know, we we don't talk about Bruno. That's a great song. Uh, it, it's <laughs> it's not my favorite Disney song, but it's so catchy that you know I'll, I'll catch myself singing to it. You know. And you know, Lin Manuel Miranda didn't even realize it was going to be that catchy. They thought uh, they thought the main song was going to be the hit. La Casa Madrigal, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's definitely we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, and then um, I forget the actress's name, uh, the main character. Uh, apparently, uh, I didn't know who she was. I, I, I looked it up uh, the cast list, and she plays Rosa in um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. If you if you've seen Brooklyn Nine Nine, she plays Rosa. Uh, and that's the main character um, for this movie. Uh, that's a little fun fact. I just want to point that out there. So if you guys well, you are know, Brooklyn Nine Nine fans, the sister Isabella, uh, she the 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 one with the flowers. She mm-hmm. that's Diane Guerrero. If you want to find a woman to fall in love with, look her up. She's also in Orange Is the New Black. She's in um, Gosh, the DC show uh, Doom Patrol. Uh, and obviously she's now in this. Did not know she could sing. She's a great, great actress, and uh, she's beautiful, man. Yeah, and um, I just looked it up. Her name is uh, uh, Maribel, right? The main character, uh, Stephanie you know, Beatrice. Yeah. Beatrice. Uh, she was also in Into the Heights, uh, another musical. If you guys haven't seen that, I I love it. Who did she play in In the Heights? Uh, she was one of the friends, uh, Puerto Rican. She was a Puerto Rican one. I know she had very curly hair. Oh, uh, that was another good movie too. I, I really enjoyed that. Oh, one. Stephanie Beatriz. She plays yeah, Mirabel. Please. She plays Mirabel. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's. <clears throat> if you watch the movie, she's like the most mixed of all of them. She's yes. supposed to be Colombian, Cuban, Puerto Rican, and Dominican, like a quarter okay. of each. I'm like, dang. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, she plays my favorite character. Heights, man. God, I love. Yeah, that that's a good film. I like it. If you guys haven't seen it, it's a musical, and it's about, you know, uh, Hispanic heritage, whether you be, you know, Cuban, Mexican, uh, Puerto Rican, um, yeah. all that. It's 
yeah, nice specifically film. about the gentrification of a, a community in Manhattan made up mostly of Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, some Cubans, some Mexicans, uh, that obviously it's, you know, the, the community is getting pushed out uh, due to higher prices from gentrification. So like you see the good and the bad of it, but it's just about how they're trying to survive and what, like, what life is like for, for someone who is Latino. So it, it is a cool movie, man. I, I really enjoy it. My family, pretty close to the heart with that one. Uh, lots of experiences that we related to. And Katya could not stop singing and dancing to the music for like six months. So definitely <laughs> shout out to that one. Surprised it didn't get any nominations, actually. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it. But yes, yeah. the answer is Encanto. Okay, okay. So, Eric, what do you think? Encanto. Uh, you guys know, both know me, and you know I never watched Disney movies growing up. I had a, a terrible childhood. And uh, I watched Encanto, and I was like, holy shit. This is good. So I went back and watched a couple other Disney movies for the first time. I saw Moana, which was cool. It's a damn good um, I watched uh, The Lion King for the first time, which was cool. Wait, hold on. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck did you just say? Yeah, bro. I never I never watched Disney movies growing up, man. I didn't have, you know, my dad's, it was my dad's house. His role was my TV, my controller. So I watched what he was watching, and we never watched Disney, so... You're telling me your dad couldn't couldn't see how awesome Mufasa was? He couldn't see himself in Mufasa? Well, Luigi, he also, uh, two older brothers, what, you're, the one closest to your age is 14 years older than you? Uh, no, they're 13 and 11 years older than me. So basically, when I wanted to watch TV, it was what they wanted. Or when I wanted to listen to music, it was what they wanted. So that's why a lot of my, that's where a lot of my influences and a lot of the stuff I like came from. So I, I, it's hard for me to watch cartoons to this day because I don't, I never got to watch cartoons, like. I was watching Bad Boys, like, and I was watching, you know, listening to the Wu Tang Clan when I was a kid. So, but no, Encanto is a great movie, man. I was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually watched the first half of it at a friend's house, and then normally I wouldn't finish it. But I went home and I just started it over, and I was like, I'm gonna finish this movie because it's dope. No, screw Encanto! Oh Jesus Christ! Oh man, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. You barely saw the light. Have you seen Aladdin? No, I haven't seen Aladdin yet. Okay, okay. We're me and Jason are going to give you a list of the best, absolute best, cream of the crop Disney movies. Maybe, yeah, maybe we should have a, another episode where we bring you in and talk about some of our favorite Disney slash Pixar movies that here's, you've never seen that we would recommend or something. Here's a here's a fun fact for you. I went to Disneyland for the first time a month ago, and I went to Disneyland before I ever saw most of the Disney movies. Were you just confused the whole time you were walking around? Like, who the fuck are all these characters? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not fucking dumb either. So, like, I know who the characters <laughs> were, but like, I will say, like, I didn't realize, like, how fucking big Disney was, and like how some of these characters, like, they had this like little opera show, and they had like, uh, what's that duck's name? Daffy Duck or Daffy Duck? Donald Duck. There we go. And then they had a uh, uh, Mickey, and it's like a little orchestra thing, and then like they bring in like. I guess her name's Ariel from The Little Mermaid, and it was it was just cool, and I was just like, man. And then that's when I decided that I would try to start watching Disney movies, and then I watched Encanto, and I was like, this is dope. I'm gonna go watch some other movies. Dang, you just awesome, man. better late than never. Honestly, you just said that's quacky cool. duck. I need to. We need <laughs> Jason. We got homework to do. We got homework. I know. Yeah, we got you. We got a, yeah, yeah. We got you. Uh, but I'm going to go with a non-Disney movie. After all that, I'm going to go with a non-Disney movie. 
the Mitchells versus the Machines. It's on Netflix. It's made by Sony. If you liked the art in uh, Into the Spider-Verse, it is the same kind of art and it is the same writers. It's about a daughter and her father. I mean, it's about a whole family. But really, the main part of the story is about a daughter and her father who can't ever seem to see uh, see eye to eye. He's more outdoorsy, woodsy, typical father, you know, like wants to show her the things that he knows, but she's into film. You know, she likes making movies. She likes social media. She likes these things. And she wants to go to Hollywood and, and make movies, right? And so when these two different ideals clash, you just see that they don't get along super well. And it's a story about, I mean, it's it's got an overarching story about how technology can also be, you know, pretty much an all-encompassing evil that could take over the world. Uh, it also just kind of shows how a father and daughter can mend and try to see the good in, in the things that each of them likes and repair the relationship as they save the world. It's a really cool, fun movie to watch. Cracked me up the whole time. Danny McBride plays the dad. Um, so if, if you've got one that you want, that you're like, you know what, which one would you recommend that for me? Definitely a sleeper. Uh, don't hear too many people talking about it. You should definitely watch it. And we all know y'all got Netflix. So go check that out. Um, gonna go next to best visual effects. Cause this is our wheelhouse. We know most about these movies right here. Uh, best visual effects, Spider-Man, no way home free guy. No Time to Die, which is Eric's favorite movie of all time. Shang-Chi and the... Or I'm sorry, Shang. I, I just went real real white there. Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, those are the nominations for Best Visual Effects. And Dune. Uh, oh, that's right. I forgot to put in Dune. Dune, Best Visual Effects. Dune. And Dune. God, well, we know who's going to win then. That one's the most artsy of all of them. But if you had to pick... I honestly think Shang-Chi. Now For that I'm visual effects? It, I mean, it looks realistic. Think about it. Yeah, it looked pretty realistic. Yeah. You know, Although the I, dragon at the end, even like even that part, I thought was pretty cool. And um, this one's going to be a tough one. I will say that No Time to Die has absolutely no chance of beating these other films. I think um, Dune takes it. Uh, what would you go with, Eric, if you had to pick? Free Guy? Free Guy was dope, great. yeah. I mean, the things they were able to do with that movie were pretty great. Um, I, I saw gonna, that movie again last night. <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna go with a with my bias. All of you know, I'm a big Spider-Man fan. No way home, man. The the mirror dimension scenes with Doctor Strange, uh, all the way up to the three Spider-Men on the redone uh, Statue of Liberty. All of the fight scenes. I mean, that movie looked fantastic. I think the biggest argument against it would be that they did a lot of scenes at night to save money on detail. But overall, I mean, watching some of the, the effects in that film, I was like, God. But I will say Free Guy, to me, had the most like obvious uh, visual effects that were just out of this world. Yeah, making everything look like a video game. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it looked pretty dope. But again, it's probably going to be Dune because that one's the one that looked the most artistic. <laughs> yeah. But I, would, I wouldn't argue against Free Guy. And Shang-Chi, you know, if, if I had to pick between the two Marvel movies, I'd say Spider-Man No Way Home had better visual effects, even though Shang-Chi had a better choreography. Like, by far, some of the best choreography I've seen in any Marvel movie. 
Agreed. All right. Now, those are some of the ones that I thought were pretty cool nominations. We're going to go into original song right before we go into Eric's deep dive. Uh, Eric uh, is going to give us a lot of good, uh, good songs to check out on a playlist that he's going to show us. But I did want to recommend to you guys some past uh, Best Picture winners. My, my pick for if you've got to watch one, I'm actually picking a fairly recent one, Parasite. It's a Korean film. Uh, it is like a comedy thriller if you had to pick what it would be. So dramedy thriller. A really cool film. Uh, it showcases uh, the socioeconomic differences between people in Korea and how that affects society, but in a really interesting way in which two families end up being very closely tied together. Uh, Jason had a pick from 2015. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, that's Birdman with uh, Michael Keaton. He's a washed up uh, action act uh, actor um, trying to just trying to be relevant again, and he gets into Broadway. And also just kind of fighting with it himself of just losing fame from being an, a huge action star, a, a comic book movie um, action star, uh, to, to now where he's kind of washed up. Um, and the way it's shot all in like one take, when they go into the next scene, they don't just cut to another scene. They kind of just move the camera and make just the way it was shot. Beautiful movie. I thought it was great. The actors were great. Uh, Michael Keaton, um, Emma Stone. Um, Edward Norton as well. I think there's another actor that was in the film that I can't remember, but just overall, just a great movie. I highly recommend it. And then last one that we're going to recommend just because Javier Bardem is nominated for Best Actor. No Country for Old Men back in 2008 won Best Film. If you want to watch a movie that's going to piss you off at the end, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not spoiling anything, I'm just saying it's going to piss you off at the end. Watch No Country for Old Men because God, it was a great movie, but I was, I was beside myself at the end of that film. One of the best villains in films, in my opinion, Antoine Chigurh, played Wait, by you... none other than Javier Bardem. Yeah. Are you guys giving previous Oscar winners suggestions for people to watch? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Cool. 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 I was so confused <laughs> there for a second. Uh, no, but Luigi, I agree with you on the on the No Country for All Men. That's the last time that the, that I agreed with the winner of of Best Picture. Really, I, I, haven't I agreed with Parasite. I was like, that movie is one of the best movies so, I've ever seen. I would. And I, I agreed would, with Birdman. I would make an argument for Birdman because it was a good movie. But uh, like, they had No Country for All Men '08, then The Departed one in '07, I think, and then Crash one in '06, and like they had like a three right. year run where I was like, damn. They got yes, it right every yes, year, yes, and then they yes. haven't got, and then they just haven't got it right since, man. In my opinion, in my in my you know humble opinion. Okay, okay. Hey, we all have our uh, to each his own. Yeah, yeah. Best uh, best picture is, I mean, all of this, right? It's all subjective. It's not like any even the Oscars that the, if they're not an all encompassing like, oh, this is what we should listen to. It's just the people that matter the most, I guess. The, the opinions that matter most are, uh, to the people in the industry anyway, are the Oscars, right? So that's that's uh, just what I'll say about that. Because I, I would agree there are definitely some, like I was so upset when the King's Speech won in 2011. I was like, how on earth is the King's Speech like, going to beat out 
Twitter. Well, it's just it's just like you look at it. Probably the greatest director currently right now. Like obviously, some people are gonna say Christopher Nolan. Some people are gonna say somebody else. In my opinion, it's it's uh it's uh, Quentin Tarantino. Hasn't won fucking best picture for a movie yet. Like, and he's got Django, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Glorious Bastards. It's like, can we give this man a freaking Oscar? Yeah, I, I didn't love, uh, I didn't love uh, Once Upon a Time. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't my favorite Tarantino film. I thought he, he had done better films. But I hear overall what you're saying. Like, he probably deserves, has he not gotten the best director Oscar? He's got one for best director, and I think two for original screenplay. Okay, which one I don't think, was... but I don't think he's ever won Best Picture. No, none of his movies have ever won. They, he so Wolf of Wall Street lost to some bullshit movie. I can't remember what it was. And then, well, that's Scorsese. No, it's Scorsese. Oh shit! I'm sorry. That is Scorsese. I was thinking about the other carpet in my head. No, uh, Inglorious Bastards and Django Unchained, or Django Unchained. I'm sorry. Uh, both lost in years where I feel like those were two clearly the best movies that came out that year. Like the I D said, is silent, motherfucker. Going back to the 2011 Oscars, King's Speech. Like, I watched that movie. It's not that great. It's okay. It's an all right film. All the actors did a great job. But would I say it was the best picture of the year? I want you guys to listen to what some of the other um, nominees were. 127 Hours, True Grit, Social Network, The Fighter, Inception, Black Swan, Toy Story 3, and then two that I don't know, which were The Kids Are All Right, and Winter is Gone. But are you oh, going to yeah. tell me all of those movies were not as good as The King's Speech? Probably should have been well, Social Network, to be honest. Social yeah, Network Fincher? or Black has, Swan. Has David Fincher ever won an Oscar for anything he's done? God, that's a good question. I mean, he's a he's a giant in the industry. I know that. Let's look him up. David right. Fincher. Because he did what, seven? Yeah, he, he, he did seven. That's his best. Uh, shout out to him for Mindhunter. If you guys ever seen that on uh, Netflix, great show. They they canceled it, but it was a damn good show. So it looks like he got Best Director three times, three Best Director wins. I don't see anything else for the Academy Awards. He's gotten a lot of other awards um, from all kinds of different uh, award so, shows, but I only see that for the Academy. Uh, and last thing, I'll, last thing I'll bring up. So you're, you, let's say you're a famous director in Hollywood, right? You're Quentin Tarantino level, Christopher Nolan level. Yeah. What, what, what means more to you? The best director award, winning that, or winning best picture? What would mean more to you? Well, that's hard because best director means you personally did the best. But then, I mean, does it? Does it matter as much if your film didn't get best picture? I would, I would say best picture, just all in all, right? People remember that. That that's that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like here, congratulations, you did the best job you could, but it wasn't good enough to win best picture. Like fuck off, dude. Like if I'm the best director, that means I had the best movie. Oh, that's hard. That's hard, because I I can see how it would be two different things. Because uh, I think Alfonso Cuaron won for Satellite, Best Direction on Satellite. And I think that same year was the year that Birdman came out. And I'd say overall, Birdman was a better movie than Satellite. But in terms of making the movie, I could imagine Cuaron's work on that. I'm like, yeah, like I could see it. I could see how he would still get Best Direction. I guess Best Picture, 
I guess you could say it's a culmination of, of everything. It's all the talent, how everybody else does individually combined with how it's directed, how it's scored. So I can see how there's a difference, but if I'm the director, I want to win best picture and not just get notified for myself. Like I made this movie and I want to win best picture. I'd be happy with best director, but to me winning best picture would be the pinnacle. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not agree. agree. All right, but we're going to move on to our last Oscars thing. Best original song. I'm just going to go through them. Uh, you guys are going to hear some of these after this section. So it's Be Alive by Beyonce. Los Oruguitas by Sebastián Yatra for, um, gosh. Encanto. 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 And Be Alive for Beyonce was King Richard. No Time to Die from the No Time to Die film from Billie Eilish. Uh, Down to Joy, Ben Morrison. Uh, it looks like it's uh, I, I couldn't find the actual song, uh, but it's in Belfast. And then Somehow You Do, looks like it's written by Diane Warren, but it is performed by Reba McIntyre. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty sure I'm going for Los Oruguitas. That was a beautiful song. Uh, and it's not, it's not one of the show tunes for Encanto. It's just like a song for the film. Yeah, and I agree too. That's that's my winner from the ones I've heard. I'm gonna go with that one. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I I'd have to listen. I think they're gonna give it to Billy, just because everybody seems to love Billy Eilish, and her voice is amazing. So I, I I honestly could see Billy winning it. She does have a beautiful voice. All right, guys, we're gonna go into deep dive, deep dive. Eric, I'm gonna let you take over. Uh, real quick, uh, Jason, actually. We're going to tell you what some of our favorites were after you get into uh, your playlist. So whenever you have a chance, uh, let us know, and we'll just jump in with some of the songs that we liked. Um, I will go ahead and post Eric's playlist on our Instagram account. Uh, So if you guys want to take a listen, uh, if you guys want some new music that maybe you've probably never heard of, uh, Eric is usually pretty good at sending me stuff I've never heard of, of artists and it's I appreciate it a lot more than he knows. And so. uh, if you just want to hate comment on us or Eric, you can do that too. We'll take it. Um, we'll, we just want you guys to engage. <laughs> right. On. Well, so I mean, this is this uh, something I started doing this year. Um, my uh, Spotify is erectile dot dysfunction, uh, and I'm starting a playlist <laughs> series. And basically, it's going to be. Uh, it's a monthly podcast. Uh, sorry, wow! It's a monthly uh, playlist that I'm putting out. I'm just sharing with friends. Anybody can listen, but it's going to be. It's called uh, a little less dysfunction, a little more erection. And basically, it's during the each month. It's going to be the best songs that I find. Uh, and I started doing this because I'm I'm just I'm tired of 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 you know radio music. Uh, all of our friends, we have a music group chat, and everybody seems to always send like the same bullshit that everybody listens to. So I just wanted to expand people's palettes and, and show them different stuff. And, 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 and this idea is actually uh, one of our good friends, Thomas, who, listen, I consider myself somebody who loves music. This dude trumps me. I mean, I, I, I try to keep up with him and I can't, but, you know, I, I'm sure we'll get him on the podcast or get him to share his, uh, his monthly series as well, just cause, so you guys can listen to a bunch of different stuff that's out. Um, I try to stick, well, I do stick with everything that comes out recently. So everything that you'll hear is from 2022. Um, and I'm also looking for younger artists who, who, you know, don't have such a big following and uh, need some love. So uh, I'm on the third version of this playlist. The first one um, was really good. The second one, I was, I was more proud of the second one than I was the first one, but this third one I'm really loving. 
Um, I mean, we could just dive into it. Uh, I am going to give you guys, uh, I'll tell you this, if you do go listen to the playlist, um, usually the first five songs in the playlist tend to be my favorite. Um, I put them at the top just because when I start the playlist, I want to hear what I like first or I want to hear what I love first. So um, the first five songs will be my favorite. Um, And I want to start with Blossom. Uh, The song's called Open Your Mind. Uh, Luigi, you're a fan of uh, uh, MGMT and uh, God, what are they called? Uh, Empire of the Sun? I am actually, yeah, I do enjoy both of those groups. So Blossom is actually uh, the guy from Empire of the Sun, and uh, he has a new musical partner, and it's an amazing song. Um, it, it's kind of it's kind of got the Empire of the Sun uh, Empire of the Sun feel, uh, synthetic uh, instruments, uh, but it's just a great song. I, I love it. Uh, the Golf Club. It's these two dudes from California. Uh, if you go on their profile, they only have like three songs, four songs that they put out, and they have like 900 followers on Instagram. So uh, it's a, it's called Funny Little Things, um, and it's just cool because it talks about that. I really like that song because it talks about how society's switching and putting pressure on people to uh, uh, change the way they look, be fake, and you know. He, and one of the lyrics in the song, he's like, "You got a, you got a funny little face. You can't do anything about it. It's not your fault. Just society switched up." And I just I like like I said I want things that are more meaningful. Um, I went through a big change in my life recently, and I and I know that uh, I'm now becoming a big firm believer of what you put in and what you listen to has a big impact. So I've cut a lot of the hip hop out. No offense to the hip hop that's you know that's being made, but it's just you know it's just not good music. It, it's disrespectful to the people that paved the road for them. Um, they're all singing about doing drugs and fucking girls and all this stuff, and it's just not the headspace I want to be in, so this is just different music. Um, the next guy I got is, I can't pronounce the name, I don't know if it's Jean or Gene. It's spelled G-I-N-G. Um, this dude hasn't even live performed yet. Uh, one of his last posts on Instagram was, I'm thinking about doing my first live performance. So go give him a, sh- go give him a follow, push him, he's super talented, um, great music, I think you guys will love it. It's a little bit more R&B, uh, a little more guitar. But I love it, and I think we should all go on his page and push him to do it because I think he could be a big star. Uh, the next one is SEB. It's called Fucking on the Man. Um, and it's basically, I feel like this song is him talking to his parents. They're, you know, they're telling him, uh, you, know, you know, don't paint your nails red or don't grow your hair long or whatever. And he's just basically saying, fucking, I'm the man. I'm going to do what I want. And I think, uh, I think that's good for people to hear. You know, be who you what? are. Be What's up? Eric, that's actually in my top, my five, oh, I picked five songs that I really like from this playlist, and that's that's one of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm actually only going to go over three more songs. The rest of them, I, I, you know, go, go give the playlist a listen. Um, these are just the standouts to me. Um, but I'm glad you like SCB. I do, I do, when I do put songs in, in this playlist, I do try to keep my friends in mind, like what I think they'll like, and, and send recommendations that I think will fit what my friends like to listen to. Uh, the next one is Sifo. Um if you guys like Sir, then you'll like Sifo. He's got a little bit of a deeper voice, but he's just smooth R&B, uh, great song. And then the last one I'll talk about is 53 Thieves. Um, 53 Thieves is an electronic duo, and they usually have female vocals on their songs. And they are the smoothest, just, I can listen to them when I'm cleaning, when I'm cooking, when I'm walking on the beach. I can listen to 53 Thieves all the time. They're one of my favorite up-and-coming groups. They have like 2,000 followers on Instagram. Um, go follow them. Go give them love. Go listen to their music. They haven't even dropped an album yet. They have a couple EPs. 
uh, like two, three song EPs, but they are amazing. Um, and it's just a good vibe. Like you can put them on and just vibe out to whatever you're doing, working, cooking, cleaning, walking, whatever it may be. Minus working out, I think you can listen to these guys. So I, I really like that. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to agree with you on the golf club. That was one of the ones that I really liked. Um, I enjoyed that one. Metronomy. I thought that was just such a catchy song, man. Right on time by Metronomy. Right on time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then yep. a real chilling one that I heard was the very last song you had. Never enough. Puya and Lou. Oh, um, yeah. Liked it. And then if I had a dollar by Saba and Benjamin Earl Turner. Big on that one, and love featuring Earth Gang and a few other people by Young Bay. Yo, shout out to Saba, man, and I. I we talked about it in the pre-show for the podcast. Shout out Saba. Um, I just hip hop isn't what it used to be, and there's very few dudes who are storytelling and who are are talking positive things. Like obviously, we all know the big names: Kendrick Lamar, J Cole, but Saba is one of these dudes, man. Go listen to his catalog. He just makes good music he storytells he's it's just amazing saba is one of my favorite he's from the chicago he's from chicago he's one of my favorite young rappers right now and eric had actually sent me the uh album few good things that uh saba came out with and i'll tell you guys i liked pretty much all the songs like i loved six of them but i mean i didn't dislike any of the songs so it was it's a good it's a good hit uh definitely check out saba uh, Jason, you got any that, that weren't mentioned that you want to shout out real quick? Yeah, so for me, when I listen to Eric's playlist, usually what I listen for is more of the, the beats, the sounds. And as of late, I've been a lo- very into like funk, uh, smooth beats. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all the ones that I want to shout out, like you said, right on by Metronomy. Uh, Supernatural Woman by, uh, I, I forgot the artist, but uh, gave me very uh, Tame Impala vibe. So if, if you like Tame Impala, okay. uh, the song Supernatural Woman. I, I forget that's, the artist. Uh, that's uh, our uh, half Puerto Rican brother, Luigi. It's Suni Cologne. Ooh, I'm, I like it already. I don't even know what it is, but <laughs> yeah. I have to like it. Yeah, Suni Cologne. And I got some uh, huge Tame Impala vibes for that. Uh, again, Fuck It, I'm the Man. Uh, Searching by First Beige. Uh, again, it's. I felt a lot of funk into this, and that's what I've been really into a lot of. A lot of positive vibes uh, for my music that I like to listen to when I'm driving to work, just to calm me down and just just have an overall good day is what I've been listening to. Like Eric said, I, I although I love hip hop, um, you know, just talking about just you know doing drugs and you know sleeping with women, it, it just doesn't do it for me. I, I like positive vibes uh, for music, and if I want to keep myself positive in in that way, and then on my way by uh, the Count and Cartoons. Yeah, uh, as well. I love that song. So I, I, when I put that in the playlist, I knew you were gonna like it. The count <laughs> is go listen to the count, man. His music is dope. He's got this song. Uh, uh, I think it's called Saturday, and the whole song is just about getting ready to go out on Saturday night. But when you put it on, you're like, "Fuck, I want to get ready and go out." Like this is <laughs> such a good song. Oh man! All right, yeah, I, so. I got a lot of things to look forward to on this playlist then because I haven't heard it all yet, but definitely a lot of good stuff. I do want to give a shout out to a song that might be a little more, um, a little more mainstream, but I fuck it. I love the Black Keys, so I got to give a shout out. They released a single this past week, "Wild Child," super catchy. If you guys haven't listened to it, go go bump that shit. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but that's it for me, guys. You guys got anything to add before we head out? 
Um, no, Eric, uh, I just want to say thank you for being a part of our show. Uh, we hope to keep having more guests uh, from our friends and just talk about your guys' interests. That's, that's what we created this podcast for is just, just talk about stuff we're excited about and hopefully – uh, you guys can take a listen or, or watch it. And if, if we can uh, put you onto something that you haven't seen or heard, uh, that's that's what it's all about. And uh, also just talking to my friends, we each live in a different state and uh, this is fun. So uh, I, I love doing this uh, and just talking music and shows with you guys like we do on a daily basis. Yeah, true. All <laughs> right, Eric, plug, 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 plug what you got. I know you said it at the beginning. But say it again so the, the people in the back can hear you. Uh, go ahead and plug. Uh, well, no, first of all, I want to I wanna thank you guys for having me. I know this is it's in its, in, it's, in its infancy. Uh, I will support. I want you guys to succeed. Uh, just have fun with it. Um, like you said, I'm going to plug away here. If you guys have a chance, if you're into sports, if you want to gamble, go listen to uh, Podcast Room 303. Uh, me, Jermaine, and Nick, uh, we're going to give you weekly picks, uh, talk about the state of sports, talk about how we hate the NCAA, um, and you get to hear Nick and Jermaine shit on me all day. Uh, and, so, and a little bit of pop culture. You guys throw in there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we do have a little bit of pop culture. Um, I would love to see one day a little cross a little cross 303 and a Revenge of the Pod thing. Let's see if we can set that up. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. no, yes, yeah, yeah, dude. Thanks for having me, guys. I will make sure I always send you guys uh, music to put on here. Anytime you guys want to have me back, I'd love to be here. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys are two of my closest friends, so yeah, this was fun. Uh, nice little treat on Saturday to hang out and talk to you guys. So I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we're gonna close it out with Eric's jam of the week, but we're also gonna put a few more songs in uh, from the playlist for you guys to check out right here on the pod. And then if you want to hear more, you can catch that link on our Instagram to listen to a whole playlist. Um, but that's it for us, guys. Have a great day. We'll see you all next, next week. Peace out, guys.